there, fucking Milan can kiss my ass. Milan, Angulo. Another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast, connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. You know, Jerry, Jerry is such a bastard. Like he, he invited Adriano on, who's such a good guy, does a great job on the Calcio guys. And I know what Jerry did. Like Jerry invited Adriano on just so that Jerry could mock him for however long we're on the air after Lazio took that 3-0 uh, victory over Milan the other day. So this is going to be a really fun episode. Uh, Adriano is back. We've got Gianni on, who's a first-time guest on the podcast. This guy is freaking taking over Twitter. Uh, he's really doing an awesome job. The account is really growing. And our good pal, Stephen K. Moore, is back from the Laziali. We always love when we can bring Stephen R. on. And, and I'll start uh, introducing everybody. I'll start with you, Steve, because it's been a minute since we've had a chance to chat with you. Lazio right back in the Champions League race. I mean, that was a magnificent, important result for you, result for you guys getting that 3-0 over Milan. How do you feel, man? feel a lot better than I than I did uh, before the game. It was kind of like watching Jerry videos beforehand. It was uh, quite nerve-wracking uh, ahead of that game, especially after the disaster class of, of, of Napoli-Lazio that we just had the, a few days beforehand. It was one of those like kind of do-or-die moments, and you saw that just right at the start of the game. Like I was like, who is this Lazio team? Because we were like, we were coming to kill Milan, and we did. I know that Milan had that one chance early on, but after that, it was all us for a certain period. So it was definitely good to, to capitalize on our chances and take home that 3 nothing victory because now it's it was tight before. Um, I know there's like Atalanta, the Napoli, Juve, and Milan are all in those spots, but people were excluding Lazio, excluding Lazio. We still have that match in hand against Torino too, so we win that. Yeah. We're only two points behind that whole race of people tied at 66, and I know Atalanta's at, or Atalanta's at 68, but very tight race, so definitely an important win. I mean, what a performance, setting the tone early with Correa, who ended up bagging a brace in the game. You know, he dribbles uh, he, he dribbles Donnarumma to get the first goal. He humiliated Tomori to get his second goal. And Tito Immobile had a, had a nice goal to put the nail in the coffin. So that, that was really a tremendous performance. Uh, our good friend Adriano is a very good sport coming on with us. Listen, I know uh, I know Calcio can be rough. That, that was a tough result for your guys uh, who are, at least for now, I, I still think Milan can make Champions League. I wouldn't give up on that dream whatsoever. But, you know, out of yeah. out of fourth place at this moment, Adriana, how are you feeling, man? Obviously, disappointing, guys. Obviously, uh, you know, Milan has had uh, maybe an, un, an overachieving season. But at the same time, this team has uh, done some great things. Uh, this young team, I, I have to add, because I think people look at you, they look at some of the older guys, and they're like, okay, but, you know, we do have one of the youngest squads. Uh, again, no excuses. The team didn't show up. It was clear. Uh, like you said, Alex, uh, lots of setting the tone early. Uh, against Milan, it seems. Uh, I mean, fantastic player. Uh, when he's on, he, he's, he's truly on. So, um, you know, it's obviously this point of and tonight uh, with Steven uh, as well, but because uh, they, they, you know, they they deserve the three points. Uh, you know, they took it by storm. I thought it was going to be a different type of match, but Milan doesn't show up. If uh, you know, in in games like this where it matters the most, it's worrisome. But at the same time, I'm still sticking optimistic. Uh, you know, tougher was the hope and the, the objective. Uh, for me, it's still there. Uh, I don't think it's all lost. 
And uh, again, you got to put your put this behind us. Uh, there's only five games left. It's going to be a fight to the finish. Uh, but you know, one of these teams from you know two to six is going to be missing out, and maybe set, uh, yeah, two to sorry, two to five is going to be missing out. If you want to include Lazio with the six as well, one of these teams is going to be missing out of Champions League. My fingers crossed for Milan to stay in, but uh, I think they have to turn the page against Benevento, and then there's a big match against Juve the week after. So uh, again, disappointing result. Uh, should have been better, uh, needed to do better. And I hope these players uh, realize what they're putting themselves into because everything is in their hands right now. There, there's no pointing fingers at this or that, relying on this team to drop points. There's none of that no more. Uh, this team has to, you know, dig down deep and uh, take us out of this 10-year uh, drought of not making Champions League, being a banter era for this club, a club with a lot of history, as all you guys know. Um, yeah, I just, I just think that... They need to really realize that, and I think if they do, with Ibra coming back, hopefully, uh, to, end the, to end the season strong and uh, finish in top four. Well said. Uh, we welcome on Gianni for the first time on the pod. Uh, and, hey, Lazio did you guys a solid. I mean, Lazio helped you guys out in, uh, in taking three points from Milan. Uh, it, it was a tough one for Juventus as well. Uh, you know, Fiorentina, Fiorentina always bring their A game against Juve. They freaking yeah. despise Juventus. Uh, you know, you guys went down uh, 1-0 on a Vlahovic penalty. You're able to uh, to get one back. It was actually a, a really, really nice goal, a curler scored by Morata. So uh, certainly not the three points you were hoping for. You did salvage a point in that game. How you feeling, man? Uh, kind of disappointed. I was hoping the boys would be a little more energetic, uh, especially being embarrassed really in December, right before the Christmas break, three, nothing at home. So I really thought they'd have like a revenge game, especially like you said, I don't think some of the new fans of Juventus understand that Juventus Fiorentina do have this little bit of a rivalry going. So you think when you're going into such a big game and you know, it's like a must win game to stay top four and don't have to rely on other teams in order to stay top four you'd think they'd come with a little better energy because the first half was really embarrassing. Like all the players, I don't really know. No one showed up the first half. The second half was a little bit better. You know, like you said, Morata's goal was very nice. It was 35 seconds, I think, after the half, which was good uh, coming out strong because uh, Pirlo this year, I think that's a big issue coming out flat every second half. So I was really impressed they scored and it kind of got my hopes up a little bit, but then uh, kind of phased out of the game again. And a lot of the players just looked like they were passing around the ball and didn't really have any like motivation or desire to really score the second goal or the winner. So yeah, disappointment really is what I'm feeling. Would you say it was so bad that the lit shit his pants? That's <laughs> <laughs> the whole team shit their pants. <laughs> If anyone doesn't know what Jerry's talking about, you've probably seen the photo going around through Jerry's timeline and people tweeting about it because there there is an angle. If you get the certain camera angle, you can see a brown stain on the shorts of Delict, much like there was really a, a brown stain on that result for Juventus. Uh, but, but Jerry made sure everyone saw that. Yeah, two, he, he could have used two ply. <laughs> Maybe three. <laughs> Maybe three, never mind. I, I don't think anyone, and, and no disrespect to Steven, because I know Steven's happy, but I don't think anyone, at least on my Twitter timeline, was as thrilled by that victory as Jerry Mancini. Uh, you, you were going crazy, Jerry. Uh, the videos, uh, you know, a, a friend of ours photoshopped your head onto a Lazio player with that little great, eh? splashing around. It was unfreaking believable. Jerry, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm ecstatic. Anytime you can beat Milan... It's victory laps all week. 
like there's there's two teams that we are outnumbered against, and it's Milan and Juventus. We can't beat them if our life depended on it. In recent seasons, yes, we've started to get the edge on these teams. And that's because Simone Inzaghi. And that's my player. It can't be the player of the game, but he's he's the key to this match. And MVP, what we've MVP. been missing. Yeah, like he... We can say Lucas Leva. We can say Joaquin Correa finally stepped up. And we can say that Sergei was great and he outran everybody on the field. But when Inzaghi is in the lineup and he's on that pitch, he is the difference maker because he comes with a game plan. He can settle the storm when things are not going right. And that was what we were missing against Napoli. We were fortunate to get away with two less mediocre teams. I believe it was against Benevento, and I forgot who was before that where we missed uh, Inzaghi as well. Steve, you might know. But um, I remember that feels like a long time ago now. Yeah, uh, it feels wild. But he, we won two out of three without him. And the problem was a game like Napoli is when you really need Inzaghi, where he can make those key decisions, when to like take off players. Look, look what he. I thought the, the biggest decision he made, and and not many people have really pointed this out on Twitter. I noticed was he elected to go with Andreas Pereira over Vidat Mariki, with Caicedo injured and not available in this match. And I think that speaks highly of of where he is compared to where Pioli was in this game, where Pioli just didn't have an actual game plan. It, it was 20 balls crossed into the box to who? Who did, he, who did the crosses go to? Well, the hope was Mandzukic, but that guy was, yeah. that guy was like a plank of wood up top there for once for us. He's usually yeah. good. Like, I was hoping Lazio signed him, but did not look good yesterday. He's like the thing about Mandzukic was he was so clutch at Juventus. Like he oh. would you, you always knew if there was a big goal to be scored, yeah. it was always going to be Mandzukic, right? You're talking about you, you need a game winner, you're in the 92nd minute. It was always going to come off Mandzukic's head every time. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. And the first two goals were off for counterattack. Right into Lazio's hand. That's how they want to play. They played a back, they played a low block Counter off the counterattack right away in the first two minutes off a mistake. Other way. Second goal, counterattack again. We score. And then the third goal, I didn't know we did 29 passes in a row, which was amazing because the last time we did this was against Roma. And I believe it was like 23 or 24 passes in a row before we scored. And um, you know what? It, if we're to make top four, he is the difference maker. He is the reason why we will make top four. And biggest decision this weekend is no Acherby. And I, for one, I'll say right now, you go with Wesley Hoot. You do yeah, not go with my. It's a sad story when we're debating between Parolo or Hoed for uh, for center back. Like it's just like which which of the lesser people do you it's, want to choose it, at this point, right? It shouldn't be a debate. That's the sad part because Ho this is where you want Wesley to come in. And don't forget, yeah. we also have Patrick on the bench too. He was no, good for the first half of the season. Disappeared he was. too. He's so he was. Like, but I think these players are not capable of playing fifteen hundred no. to two thousand minutes. That's the problem. And I think a lot of people forget what Wesley was able to do in the Champions League. That's where a lot of people forget. We were out with 12 players, and he was given the task of, of coming in and playing some difficult matches against Club Bruges, um, against Zenit. And he played 
really well. And I he think was, he was one of the better performers, especially after coming in off the summer. Like we, we talked about it multiple times. We said like, Oh, it is, he's been good. And you were even, we wrote the piece about him and we were debating, do we post it? Do we not post it? But no, he was, mm-hmm. he was one of our top performers in the first half of the season too. I, I go with him Sunday. That's who I will back yeah. up. I, I don't think it's – even if the – let's just say they were to pick up his option this summer. I wouldn't be against it. Maybe the price, if they can lower it, I would be – I would I would take it for a, a much lower cost, say $2 million. But I, I am not against this guy. This is a guy you bring off the bench. We've used him off the bench before. I If we don't go with him, I think that's a big mistake, especially like Escalante is out this weekend. And – you, you don't just want to rely with Cataldi in the middle. Like you need Parolo to back up maybe Leva. And I think these are decisions that, at the end of the day, I, I, I do think Huet's going to go in. And I think he gets too much too much flack from, from fans. Like against Inter, I thought he played really well that first half. Made one mistake, which obviously yeah, was critical. I, I, it was a tough decision. Tough mistake alex loved it but <laughs> no for sure but, Man, but look, if, look if he's gonna do. play like that against inter i'll take it but then look, uh, look, look what we do we bring on marco parolo what the fuck are we doing bringing Parolo? those are those are the some of the decisions that Nzagi kind of like makes me scratch my head because you got center backs don't elect to a set to a midfielder to play center back yeah okay find a work once or twice like against inter earlier in the year but it, you you got to go with what you have man like that's but overall, Forza Lazio, fuck you, Milan. Boom. Wow, Jesus. So, okay, you know, I, I want to I get the uh, I want to get the rebuttal or at least the response from Adriano because obviously it, it was a great performance for Lazio. On the flip side, uh, Milan just looked void of ideas in that game. Uh, w- w- what stood out to you is the reasons for that tough performance. Well, I mean, listen. Uh, I think uh, it's it's they're in a slump. It's very obvious that, uh, to everybody watching. Uh, they, you know, they uh, if it's not injuries, if it's COVID, if it's whatever. Like, I, I understand. It. I'm not. There's not excuses. Uh, you know, they still need to show up to the game, at least to show up. Like, you know, like if there's no mentality. If the right mentality is not even there, we already have a problem. Uh, and that's what happened. I mean, listen, uh, like I said earlier, uh, Lazio took advantage of, uh, of, of, of A, Milan pushing forward, uh, especially later on in the game, like the second goal and stuff, and even the off cycle. I mean, if it wasn't for, I don't know, uh, you know, a lot of these big toll, we're talking about a different, you know, we're talking about uh, him scoring a goal as well, right? So, uh, you know, Milan pushing forward, not everybody there mentally, people coming in out of the lineup, uh, uh, you know, Mandzukic, yes. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was. I think I didn't mind Pio testing him out to to start the game uh, and have Leal come off the bench because, uh, you know, Mandzukic hasn't really been integrated very much. He's been injured and he hasn't really been able to really uh, cement himself into the squad. Um, you know, so I I didn't mind him there, but the service was terrible. The decision making was terrible. Uh, we we had some great movement into the final third. We hit the final third. It was like a brick wall. We, had, we ran out of options. Uh, hit every defender possible. Uh, didn't take the shot when needed to. You know, it, it just small details like that that I think can be fixed, right? And, uh, again, uh, you know, they got to turn the page. Um, again, I, I give credit to Lazio. They, they deserved uh, the three points. Um, you know, I, will they get into Champions League? Uh, you know, these guys... Uh, like to say they will. I, I don't know. I don't want to say yes or no. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's 
it's it just frustrating. It was just frustrating after that game. And uh, I'm just hoping that they can turn the page like I've been saying and, uh, and really move on because performances like this is not going to get you into Champions League and is not going to keep you in Champions League. They really need to be playing better. And uh, again, it starts from it starts from top bottom. I mean, it's a, it's all a mentality thing too, right? They need to be able to to make the right decisions. It, it sometimes it is the small things, right? Uh, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, but uh, we move on. I want to get it weird too, though, because you know Pioli coaching Lazio and knowing Inzaghi, like it just kind of seemed like he said that he had a game plan, and like obviously the best form of defense is attack in some scenarios, especially for a counterattacking team. Yeah. Like Lazio, but it seemed like Pioli just fell into Inzaghi's hands to an attempt, right? Like, how many times do we think, catch you guys off the counter? Like, it's just one of those things where you think that he'd be more prepared, especially when we have our full lineup basically available to us. So, yeah, that was no, kind of weird was, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're right. And it, it was unfortunate, uh, I think, uh, the whole game. Like, I mentioned it in our in our group chat, uh, Jerry and the guys are in there, whatever. And, uh, you know, all game. Uh, it was a counterattacking game, right? Uh, we, we committed forward. You guys counterattacked. And when you guys are on, when you have your speed available, you guys are going to burn uh, any team in Serie A, right? Uh, I mean, like it or not, he's a fantastic player on, on, on your, on your right-hand side. He has all the pace in the world. Correa, I mean, for me personally, fantastic player. I don't know what you guys really think, but uh, he always seems to have a day against Milan, I, I said earlier, and uh, it's true. I mean, great technical player, great uh, technical finishes, especially the first one. But again, they, they, they broke Milan early. And Milan, it's it, it it's surprising that you know they kind of broke, whereas throughout the season they have kind of stayed firm and they've kind of like really believed they can like get back into games. I felt like the mentality in this game against Lazio, it wasn't there. It got broken from the get go, and I don't want to say it was all downhill because near, near uh, just before the second half, uh, sorry, just before the first half ended, uh, they did have their chances. They were putting the pressure, but again, no finish. You have all the pressure in the world, all the possession in the world, but you need a finish uh, to, to win games, right? So uh, that didn't happen. Second half happened, and, and Lazio took control again. And, uh, yeah, the third goal, more like uh, cherry on top. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, uh, there's nothing else I, I guess Milan could have done because they fell in they fell in, in, uh, in Zaghi's hands, like uh, Stephen had mentioned, and uh, they had no answer. I, I want to give a shout-out to Joe from Forza Napoli Podcast. And another shout-out to my buddy, Dan Saparita, who is a Juve fan. And they both said to me earlier in the year, they've been preaching to me for the last two months that the Pioli show was going to end and there was going to be a massive meltdown. And that every time Pioli starts really well and then really bad at the end. And, I, again, I haven't been watching football like you guys probably have for the last decade. I started watching maybe three, four years ago. Because, yeah. like I said, I, I always say TV rights sucks here. You know, guys, anybody who lives in Ontario, yeah. TLN lost the yeah. rights. And I didn't know the zone even existed till like, two seasons ago. So, for me, like, I'm not, like, so well-knowledged. That's why I read a lot about it. But when I have people backing me up now saying, hey, Jerry, Pioli is not as good as you think he is. This is not the first time where he started off really hot and really dipped off. And that's the problem here is that he's ran – He's run out of ideas with that team. He doesn't know where to go now. It, it's it's really going into a ditch, and this can get really bad for Milan in the last yeah. eight games where not only could they drop out of fourth or top four, they can drop out of a group stage qualifying for Europa League as well. I think a lot of people forget that too, and it could end up being that they have to qualify for, for Europa League, and that can be really bad now. So 
I, I just think this Milan uh, I side. I, I don't. I don't think about that. I don't think that because like I mean, what, he's Roma, giving you the ultimate Roma, 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 scenario. <laughs> no, but Ro- Roma is way behind, right? That we're still yeah. A lot of points. We, we can agree with that. We can agree right. Roma no, stays right. there. You're, you're right, fine. but the but the sixth spot still has to qualify. I believe fifth place no, goes into uh, the group stage, and sixth seventh, actually. I think. No, it's seventh. 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 Is it just seventh? Because yeah. I was checking on the. Uh, let me just check the scroll. Yeah. But no, and, well, and while you're checking on that, I, I want to I want to interject uh, on Pioli because yeah, listen, I I've seen the Pioli burnout before. It it happened with Inter as well, and you know yeah, when, when he quick, yeah. when he was appointed <laughs> when he was appointed at Milan, I thought, oh man, this is this is not a good move yeah, for longevity. Six, but six is uh, Europa League qualifying. Oh, yeah. it is really. Yeah, that's what it says on the uh, score oh, wow. mobile. Okay, I've... interesting. I I yeah okay. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was seventh. No, but well, like on, on on Pioli, you know. I actually, I I really um I I really thought that things uh, were going to be different with Milan, and he could still salvage if he makes top four because it's you usually the Pioli burnout happens after a couple of months, right? right. Whereas Pioli had Milan flying for a That's calendar it. year. That's it. Right. I mean, you know, it's just it was unfortunate timing for Milan yeah. because you know the, the, there's no there's no trophy for being the best team for the second half of one season and the first half of the next. But he had Milan yeah. really elite for 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 a full calendar year. Like 2020 was the year of Milan. And, and so the Pioli high doesn't even usually yeah. last that long. So my follow-up to you, Adriano, would be, what do you think happens with Pioli? Did, does his fate firmly rest on top four? Is there a chance that if they sneak into top four, he may not even survive? What do you think? I mean, listen, guys, I think it's tough. Uh, if, if anybody thought that, uh, you know, POE coming in was going to be, you know, the second coming of Christ, I, I think uh, we're completely wrong. We're talking about different things here, right? Uh, you know, POE came in at a time where Milan was really low uh, after this Giampaolo disaster. I don't even want to mention the name because it aggravates me, right? Uh, but, you know, any of this team, like Alex said, uh, calendar year, and uh, they were flying. And, uh, you know, it gave hope to a lot of Milan fans. So, uh, do I think, and I agree with what Alex is saying, you know, his burnout usually, you know, I think was a bit, uh, it, it happened quicker, you know, uh, he, he, he might've been good for a certain amount of time and then he burnt out. Sure. That does ha- that did happen to him in his career. You know, talking about Inter, we're talking about that a lot. So we're talking about Fiorentina, uh, and then he moves on. Right. But, uh, again, I think the expectations for Pioli, and, and if you guys remember, there was already Pioli out before he signed. Right, that was yeah. a that was a big talking yeah. point before he even signed. And what did he do? He proved a lot of people wrong. I personally think, uh, you know, th- does he does he leave even if they make top four? I, I don't know. Uh, are we really gonna try to restart this project again? Uh, and I always say it, and, and uh, you know, my boys at Milan Weekly Podcast as well. Uh, are we gonna be changing four course for a dollar? I'm not interested, guys. I'm, I'm, that's passe for me. I, I don't. We don't need to. We need to start moving in the right direction. If we're just going to bring on another manager, uh, the caretaker manager, it's not what we need, right? And I think this team is on a good path. It's a young team. There's a good plan, I think, from the head up to. Uh, you're talking about Elliot. We're talking about Gazidis, uh, Maldini, uh, Masada. You know, and uh, it's. I think they're they're in the right direction. It's just these little kinks that need to be worked out. Uh, if they drop out of top four. Does Pioli stay? Maybe that's when we can have more of a discussion because I, I think maybe they're, you know, before is the objective. You don't make the objective. Maybe there's something to look at. But if Pioli, if they make top four and Pioli is there at the match, still, obviously still as the manager, what are we, why are we going to change? I mean, sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? But 
don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of work to do. Uh, it's not uh, all roses and sunshines and stuff like that. But uh, at the same time, I think, uh, you know, if we keep this core, if we can keep this, this, this vital alive, uh, I think we stick with it. And then when, you know, things, I guess, really hit the fan and shit really hits the fan, I guess maybe that's when you make the changes. But um, I, I personally was really as of now. I'm speaking to you tonight. I don't even remember what day it is. April twenty seventh. We're talking tonight. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, we stick with Pioli. But uh, again, guys, uh, things can change. Like you know, in Italy, things can change very, very fast. So again, uh, uh, for me, it's Pioli uh, in uh, for this season into next season. Hey, Alex. I think the biggest issue too is that their winning streak went into two seasons. Exactly. So that's the biggest issue here. Was that there wasn't the continuity of one straight season they they people were were bragging about oh i'm beating in 27 games i think it was right or 28 or they had one x amount i don't remember the streak but the problem is the streak is nice but there's not much to build off it because it's two separate seasons so as much as it sounds that the stat sounds really good there's nothing really to build off it that's the issue it wasn't 28 games in a season where Juve has probably been able to go something like that, and it's transitioned to a actual trophy, and that I think that's the biggest issue I, here. Is I, that, I, dis, I disagree. I, just a, I disagree a bit. I disagree a bit because uh, Milan hasn't uh, had the 28 games in a row winning streak. Can God knows how long, right? So just to have that as as a base for this team, I think it's something. It says something. Speaks volumes. Uh, and I'm only rebutting uh, against Jerry because they fucking beat us three nothing. And I love Jerry. <laughs> he's uh, he's a I'm great guy. But I have to I have to rebut him. But no, I think I think it's it's a good it's a good uh, stepping stone, right? This, this team, like I said, has been shit for fucking ten years. And again, Alex, I'm sorry that I'm swearing. Uh, I know you no, said dude, I can. We do it all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, I, you know what? I, again, I think it, it, it's a good stepping stone and something to build off of. Yes, it, it doesn't give you any trophies. Uh, com, um, Campione didn't bear. No, it doesn't give you nothing, right? The winter champions, uh, as they call it in Italy. Uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, amount to anything. Uh, yes, it was all fun and dandy, but uh, at, at the end of the it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And uh, right now, it's not going well, but I think they can turn the page and end uh, and, and on the season. Well, speaking speaking of uh, of coaches potentially on a hot seat, I would love to hear Gianni's take on Pirlo. And and first, let me say, whatever disgusting low life of a human being is sending death threats to his child, it's no part, no part in the game. It, it, it's a fucking game. It is a fucking game. If you take it that seriously, that you're threatening a man's life, threatening the life of his child, and Listen, I'm I'm not even I'm not even saying that to trash uh, Juventini because I've seen it from so many different fan bases in Italian football. I've I've seen it happen from Interisti before. I remember, you know, Davide Santon, uh, the last season he was on Inter about three years ago. He had some awful mistakes at the back, gave up some goals, and and the guy was getting death threats, and his wife was scared for their lives. So I've I've seen this happen around Italian football. This this is nothing new. It doesn't make it any less disgusting. Uh, but you know, we we do certainly from a football standpoint, Johnny. This is you know, results-wise, uh, this has not been the season Juventus expected going out in the Champions League to Porto. Now, you know, fighting for top four. I do think they're going to make top four, uh, but obviously they have to battle, you know, for potentially the next five weeks to get in there. So uh, what do you think happens with Pirlo? Do they continue to build the project around him, or is Agnelli going to say, this is Juventus, we don't have the patience for that? 
I don't know. Personally, I think if you asked me this question in January, I think Pirlo would have stayed. But the way it's ending right now, I think it's getting pretty toxic between some of the players and Pirlo. And obviously the management can't be too happy as well. So I think either way, how the season's going to end, the best really for Juventus right now is fourth place. And I really don't think that's good enough, especially when you're coming off of like a nine-year victory. Obviously, I think anyone who thought Pirlo would come in and win the Scudetto, I think was maybe a little too optimistic. Personally, I thought we were going to finish second, and this is kind of even worse than what I thought. And those were pretty realistic expectations. You know, Juventus could have ended up winning, but I think, you know, Inter was extremely strong all season. So that's really what it was. But I think in the past month, really, it's down to Pirlo more than anything. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't see how he can stay next season. I really don't. And it's not really fair to him because, you know, in August when he got appointed, I was a little skeptical just based on his lack of experience. I think he should have gotten a chance to go with the under 23s. I think he should have been able to build his football philosophy because he was really thrown into the Sharks. You know, obviously you can say Juventus gave him all the necessary tools to be successful, but I think still just because you were an amazing player, doesn't necessarily translate to you being a good manager and even if it does not right away so i think he should maybe become an assistant to i don't know if they're going to bring back allegri next season or what but definitely i would not i would maybe demote him i guess would be the better term instead of sacking him completely and allow him to learn from like an actual manager or maybe in the under 23 but yeah definitely not the first team manager next year and by the way, as an Interista, the biggest compliment I could give to Max Allegri would be to say, I hope he doesn't end up back at Juventus because, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's there. They're going to be right back at or near the top with Allegri back there. Uh, you know, obviously uh, there, there's, you know, and, and, you know, who knows like how, whether he was, you know, completely sacked or if it was a mutual parting of the ways like they tried to frame it to be. It, it was obvious that, you know, the Juventus board reached a point where they said, hey, this guy's getting results domestically he hasn't gotten us over the hump in europe he did get to two champions league finals which seems pretty goddamn impressive compared to where things have been recently but hey you know they they didn't like the brand of football he was coaching it wasn't exciting enough that's why they went out to get Sadi. that's why you you know you've seen a name like guardiola how realistic that is i don't know but you've seen a name like pep linked to juventus and i think when it's all said and done johnny i think that Agnelli might realize, you know what? We didn't realize what we had until he was gone. Yeah. Because I think uh, Allegri and Juventus were the perfect marriage. Yeah, I think uh, when that breakup kind of happened, uh, Agnelli kind of came out and was like super respectful and thankful of everything Allegri had done. So I really do think it was Nedved and Paratici who were behind moving on from Allegri. And I think there's always kind of been this tension and they were like, we're in charge of the like you're the president and we're in charge of the players so let us focus on who's going to manage those players and i think that gamble had really not paid off the past two seasons so i think agnelli has kind of gotten fed up i'm sure uh the uh, bosses at exor have also kind of been a little frustrated with what's happened over the past two years especially when you had to clear you know signing cristiano ronaldo that's a different topic in itself but when you're going to invest that much money and that so you're going to go out and get a manager who's maybe more suitable for his like attacking football you saw at real madrid but then for it to end up you regressing two years worse after worse you know i think agnelli's gonna put his foot down and say if it's between allegri and pratici and nedved you know i think uh allegri's gonna come back if that's the case yeah, which I, I think I think that's the move. Uh, I I, I want to bring uh, Jerry back into the conversation because, and I want to remind everyone that I can vouch for Jerry. 
Jerry is a Laziale. I know he gets he gets accused on Twitter of being an undercover Interista because every now and then he'll he'll write some inter stories for Serpents of Madonina. But I I think sometimes people forget it is possible for someone to write news articles about a club that they're not a fan of. So give Jerry a break. Now, with that said, I have been trying to convert Jerry. I've been trying to convert Jerry for, for over a year. I think I'm making a little progress in, in turning him into an actual Interista. But, you know, Jerry, you, you did write a great recap piece of Inter's 1-0 uh, at Verona, which, you know, got them uh, three points closer to a Scudetto that could even be, uh, depending on results this coming weekend, could be even confirmed this weekend, if not the weekend after um, you know, uh, obviously I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too excited yet because if there's any club that could find a way to fuck this up, it's Inter. So I'm not going to count my chickens before they're hatched. Uh, but w- what did you make uh, of that performance, Jerry? I thought Ashraf Hakimi was absolutely brilliant. He was knocking on the door of scoring a couple of goals, including a direct free kick that had the keeper dead to rights that went off the post. It ends up being Matteo Darmian scoring the game-winning goal, and he's had a couple of those in the last few games. I mean, what what, what an addition he's been. I mean, you never would have thought uh, that the $2.5 million euro addition of Darmian last summer, most Interisti were like, fuck this guy. Like, I, you know, people were saying, and, and obviously, you know, last summer with the, with the pandemic, you didn't have, like, as big of crowds welcoming players, like, at the airport, but you did have people welcoming Arturo Vidal. You did have people... You know, welcoming some other additions. Nobody showed up to welcome Matteo Darmian to Inter. Like n- n- none of none of the ultras, none of the people in Milano were excited about that. And he scored uh, a couple of the biggest goals for the club this season. What did you make of that performance, Jerry? And I like that because here's the difference between Inter and Lazio. You got Conte who wanted Darmian. You got he wanted Vidal. He wanted Kolarov. He, the player, he wanted Hakimi. The players that he wanted, he, he's playing them. And that's the difference between Inter and a lot of teams like Lazio, where we don't play guys like Mariki. We don't play guys like Hoot. Well, actually, Hoot at the beginning of the season. But other than Hoot, we haven't really played Musakio. Musakio played, what, two matches? These are not players that, when I see that Inzaghi won Musakio, no, he didn't want Musakio. It was like, they were twisting his hand to accept it because there was no other option. With with Inter, there were options, and he said, this is what I wanted. These are the players you're going to get me, and they got it. And this is why Inter has been really successful in Serie A this season. Say what you want about what he is, and he can't win Champions League, but he adapted because this is the roster he, he got. He brought in Matteo Darmian as a substitute this game again, delivered a, a, a a beautiful goal. What a pass from Hakimi. Hakimi was outstanding. Like, these are things that Conte is doing that other teams are not able to do. And I think this is really important of why I feel that Inter will, will be successful again next year because they already have the team in place. Everything. The pieces are there. They're just going to get some new young players. That's all. Like, Stefano Sensi, it, it, the guy has looked much better in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's a positive right there. Uh Christian Eriksen. I honestly think that Conte being not stubborn for once and and looking at the light and saying, Hey, wait a second, why am I playing freaking Gallardini every week? This guy can't play. Let me put in 
a guy who was a star player, Erickson, who's been outstanding again. He was great on Sa- on Sunday. Thought he had a really good game in that midfield. Really controlled everything. His 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 set pieces. I I think his first set piece he had in the game was well better executed than what Ronaldo's ever done in his whole entire life. Like that, that's how not not his whole life, but the, the last few years. Yeah, this guy used to score bangers from free kicks. Not yeah. Well, guess what? When I wasn't watching, that's good because I fucking hate his guts. Ronaldo's a piece of shit. And, and Ronaldo fan base. There, there's another thing we'll talk about after. There, there's a fucking. That's 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 Dude, toxic. Jerry, Jerry, you know me. I have I have so much I have so much fun on Twitter because sometimes I actually will sometimes join forces with Juventus fans to trash talk the 12-year-old Ronaldo fanboys, right? But then sometimes I'll join the Ronaldo fanboys to trash talk Juventus because Juventus are mad at Ronaldo for his wages and all that shit. Uh, The Ronaldo fanboys think that, oh, this club is holding him back, that Ronaldo is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but it's Juventus that is keeping Ronaldo from from flying. So sometimes I'll kind of join forces with whoever based on when it's convenient for me. But uh, Jerry, a follow-up I wanted to ask you. Uh, on the uh, on the Inter match, uh, certainly in live time, I thought Inter uh, got very lucky when uh, when Handanovic did not go up strong for that ball. He tried to cradle it like a basket catch when he should have put both hands over his head. And uh, and Faraoni uh, made some contact. The ball went into the back of the net. Uh, the goal was immediately overruled and called a foul on Faraoni. Free kick for Inter. Uh, and you know even the the commentators the commentators in English were saying. How come they're not looking at this? I think this was a goal. And and I listen, it, it was really close. Okay. I, I can totally understand how some people watch that and say, you know, they at least should have they and and it, it did get checked by VAR. It was a silent check. They didn't call the referee in to look at it. But I, I can on the one hand, I can understand why people were were frustrated that they didn't at least take a closer look at it. Uh now I did study the slow-mo replay like the Zapruder film. And, uh, and upon the super slow-mo, I do think that they got the call right. It was incredibly close, but I do think Fadaoni got a, a touch on, on Handanovic's left arm, which impeded his ability to catch that ball. So I, I do think by the thinnest of margins, I think it was the right call, but it was certainly close enough that it created a lot of controversy amongst Calcio fans. What did you think of the call? I think goalkeepers have too much protection. That's what I think here. That that's a 50-50 chance where the the forward can go and win that ball, but the goalkeeper can go and win that ball as well. When you look at it, it's not his fault that Handanovic is a dumb idiot and for the third straight game cannot freaking corral a ball properly. Yeah. Like seriously, like that there's no reason why he should even get to that. He's gotta yeah. get that ball. Like, you go strong for it. Like, well, yeah, why, like why, do you, why do you try to cradle it? You go up strong. It's ridiculous. I think that if there's one area of Pepe Arena's game that a lot of goalkeepers can learn from is the way he is a very aggressive goalkeeper and he comes out and challenges players. He puts his body on the line to win the ball. And I think that's very important as a goalkeeper. You just can't be scared. In that in that situation there, he looks very scared. That's how I look at it. Screw you, Mario. I see you. I see your stupid messages, prick. But I want to go, I want to, I want to actually go a little bit off topic with this game here. And there's one player who I w- was a loser for me, and it's Kevin Lasagna. This guy is fucking shit. How does this guy – hold on. Mateo Politano doesn't get a – hold on. Politano doesn't get a call up to freaking – screw you. Bring you up, Pepperdino, right? Yeah, it's right there. Anyways, 
how does a guy like Kevin Lasagna get a call up for the uh, Azuri, but Politano doesn't? Like, seriously, this is a joke, man. If you guys, anybody watches Inter game, I've never seen a guy piss chances, not make runs properly, go yeah. offside, fall on the ground, look for fouls when there's no fouls should be called. Like, everything about this guy's game is garbage. Like, it, I, I think he's terrible. He stunk at Undinese. He stinks at freaking Verona. He's going to stink everywhere, and somehow he's going to get a call-up. And, like, we can't see Politano, what he can do with Italy, and how he was um, tremendous against Lazio. I thought he had a good game against Torino. Like, and I and I hear I hate hearing that Benedeschi is a versatile forward. He can play on the left. He can play on the right. He can play midfield. Fuck that shit. Why is he so true, though. Like, he, like, Benedeschi is not very good at anything, but he's, like – at, at a lot of things. Exactly. Oh, no, no, shout, screw, out no, shout out to no, Uchi. No, 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 no. This is bullshit because this. You know what? I'm not. It's stupid because every player that gets called up on this team is valued on what they've done with their teams, how mm-hmm. good they've been with their teams, and the only guy that's been on this freaking Azuri team and shit the bed all year is Bernadeschi. See, I, like, I don't believe in that. I honestly, I, I believe that the manager of the national team should be selecting players based on who he thinks fits his formation and his objectives. I, I don't think it's not an all-star game. Like, I, I don't think Mancini has to look at it and say, I need to reward player X, Y, and Z for having a good club season. I think he has to look at it and say, I need to select the guys that I think can work best with my tactics. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's been choosing a bunch of different players, though. Too, that's the one thing. Like, you look at how many people he's been bringing up, and, like giving these random players, like like random players starts. So, you know, he's got like his midfield core and like whatever the striker position may be a toss up between Belotti and Immobile. But most of the most of the team, like he knows who the starting eleven is. It seems like we're facing like the likes of like Estonia and all these like random teams that we know we're going to beat. Or now we're back to beating them. Before it was a little bit about pickup a few years ago. But now we're starting to beat these teams again. He's trying to, like, throwing a bunch of these players out there. Like Jerry's saying, like, lasagna and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. To a point, like, Bernadeschi, like, when he plays with the Azzurri, he doesn't look half as bad. I don't watch a lot of Juventus games because I can't stand watching Juventus. But I boycott a Juventus game. <laughs> They're fucking boring as hell. I've heard, some, I've heard some bad things about his play with Juventus. But, yeah, obviously, it kind of comes down to that point, like what Alex just said. If it's going to be, like, we're, we're fighting for the Euros, it's not going to be based on who's doing what for their – for their domestic clubs. It's going to be who's going to fit his formation, who's going to work well with their teammates, and who's going to do well. We've seen a mobile struggle with a 4-3-3. Well, that's because he works best on 3-5-2 with another strike partner, right? Like, it's one of those things where even Mancini could pull what Inzaghi's doing and, and change his tactics a little bit and make it work like that. But we'll see what happens. Well, Cristante well, um, deserves a, uh, a call-up. Cristante? I saw somebody put yeah, up the doesn't. lineup today. Yeah, no, some, Someone had an, uh, on their starting 26, Cristante. Are you over Politano? We don't need Cristante. We got a solid midfield. I'd rather bring Politano and be, he'd be my third or fourth option, okay? Cristante. What the fuck's wrong with these people, man? That guy's playing center back at freaking Roma. He looks like a fucking – oh, he's terrible. I'm sorry. I don't like him. I don't like him. I think he's fucking horrible, but that's just me. But, Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just have to let that out because Kevin Lasagna shit, and that's all I can say. Hey, so I, I want to uh, I, I, I want to get into to a, a final uh, discussion before we wrap it up in a little bit. Well, we're going to talk uh, about Ronaldo because we got Gianni here. Okay, I, actually, I, you I, know what? Okay, well, let's get into that first. Gian, Gianni, where do you stand? Because like I said, you know that I pick fights with both sides. I pick yeah. fights with the Ronaldo fanboys. 
I pick fights with Juventini. Where, where do you stand on Ronaldo? Do you want to move on, or, or are you more of a Ronaldo defender? No, if you just take a quick uh, scroll on my Twitter feed, you'll pretty quickly see I'm definitely not one of his defenders. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I think it's best to move on. I think you want to recoup a little bit, if anything, of the money you paid for him before his contract does run out next summer. I think if you want to look at everything he does, sure, he is the team's leading scorer, but he's also the team or the league's big chance leader. Like he's missed 25 or 26 big chances this season. You can start to see that, you know, he is regressing a little bit. So I know I'm going to get a little bit of heat for this like I normally do. But I think, honestly, when you sell Ronaldo, you don't need to replace him with someone who's going to score 30 goals. I think Juventus in years past, sure, we've had, like, the players like Higuain and Tevez who are scoring big goals. But we never needed a player who's going to score 40 goals himself. So I think this whole dynamic has really made the team unbalanced. And I think we've really seen that, especially this year with the lead, with a less uh, experienced manager who maybe knows how to mask that a little more. Like I think Sadi did a good job last year doing that, but I think really this year it's showing. So I think it's time to move on, get some money. But the real big thing is get that 60 million gross wages off the books and maybe invest that in a Rodrigo DePaul who's created the most big chances in all yeah. of Europe. Right, or maybe a Locatelli who looks like one of the better registas, which is our biggest need, really. And I think if you're going to bring in one or both of those players, I think you would definitely see an improvement in the midfield, and then that would translate to the goals just being more evenly distributed amongst the front line. Now, Art, Art asked a good question, though, because obviously if you're looking to move on from a guy like Ronaldo's, Ronaldo, there are only a handful of clubs in the world that exactly. can actually afford to pay his wages. So does it really come down to, you know, maybe one of a couple Premier League clubs, maybe a return to Manchester United, uh, PSG, of course, they've got all that oil money, uh, maybe back to Real Madrid, although I don't think that's really in the cards for them anymore. What, what are you thinking? I think really it's between PSG and it's between Manchester United. I think those are the only two teams that can realistically afford his wages. I'm sure he's going to have to take somewhat of a pay cut, at least, you know, five or 10 million to get it done in COVID times like this or, I don't know if maybe Manchester United are open to a swap deal with Paul Pogba. I've seen a little bit. I don't know how realistic that would be, but you guys, are, you guys keep dreaming. You guys keep dreaming. Dream. That's a dream. <laughs> that's, a, that's a dream for me. I don't. I. What about Malinkovic? Take Malinkovic too while you're at it. it all good. I wish I could call him that for three years, but you know, Lotito, respect to him. You know, he's not afraid of anybody. Uh, he'll not be bullied into selling a player. So I highly doubt he'd sell to Juventus, especially uh, one of the best players on their team. Well, you, uh, actually, you guys might know. what What is the – because I don't know what the beef is between Latito and Yelly. There was a deal that he got fucked over on. A, a few, I think it was with Lichtensteiner, and he, he kind of screwed him over, and like now he holds like a grudge against Agnelli. I don't know what the deal was. I forgot. Well, Agnelli's, Agnelli's an asshole, period. So I think everyone's got a grudge against that, dude. <laughs> I don't think yeah. he's got the whole world has a grudge against Agnelli right now with the well, Super League. Especially so. now. Yeah. Credit, yeah. credit to the Laziale because they're, they were the first to report it now that Savage has a 80 million uh, price tag on him. So I don't know who's going to pay 80 million during this year. When Johnny said, right, like, I don't think that's Lotito is going to sell. And it's one of those things where he told the player, Absolutely. hey, if this comes right. in, sure. But for mm -hmm. the time being, you're happy. That's good. I'm happy. We're happy as a club. So unless someone wants to come in and give us that money, sure, then we'll be able to reinvest it. And then that's when we could get like – I've said this. Like, if we sell Luis Alberto, like, DePaul would be my first replacement. Get him in there. That's an easy swap. But 
Milinkovic Savage is one of those players. Like, if he leaves the team, it's gonna be drastic because everything is through that guy. And there's no one like him except you could maybe compare Paul Pogba, but that's even a. I don't even wouldn't even say that. Like, it's hard to find a replacement for him right now. So, if if I'm lied to, I'd actually consider selling Luis Alberto right now. Seriously, that's just me. I I what is he? 28 now. At 28 years old, he's at his prime, and I don't think you're going to get more than what you've gotten from Alberto. And if you can get 40, 50 million for some from from a club, and you'd be surprised who would pay for Alberto because he still has a lot left in the tank. I would consider it. Would it? No, you need a. It would have to be like a, a Rodrigo de Paul to come in and replace him at the same time, though. But it, it's a consideration because a guy like Savage, who's 25 or 26, has a lot of upside, and I wouldn't sell him doesn't matter how much you offer me because that's a guy you build around and he can build off his game. Whereas Alberto, I just don't think he has, I think he's already hit his threshold and what you're get, what you're getting from Alberto is what you're going to get. And that's it. You're not going to get any surprises on a, on another game where a savage will give you that surprise inside the box. He'll give you a surprise in a defensive play. He'll, he'll do something cover, like this past game against Milan. He covered the most ground. Uh, almost 13 kilometers compared yeah. to anybody like that. That's awesome. almost a kilometer more than Alberto and, and uh, Kessier. So, mm-hmm. like, for me, I, I, I try to be more realistic. I, I love to, like, keep Alberto and Savage. I think they're the best midfield duel in City A right now. And, and, and I know people will probably – I don't know, Mario is going to shoot at me right now any minute, but um, I, I I don't look at just this season. I look at the continuity of these two, along with Leva and how they've been able to, like, build off it in the last, what, four or five seasons under Inzaghi, and they've been good every year and building much better. Like, I don't know. It, it's it's tough, but I don't see Savage going anywhere. So I'm, I'm trying to do the calculation. I'm trying to do the calculation here for because uh, because George there, uh, he he and I, he and I are American. We don't do this metric system bullshit. So hold on, I'm going to divide uh, 13. I think it's divided by 2.2 if I'm not mistaken. It's on the city us site. Six yeah. miles, about six miles. Six miles. Uh, I don't know. You know, with you, the, I feel like uh, DePaul. Just want to just quickly out if I may. Uh, you know, DePaul. Sure. DePaul's. Uh, yeah. Uh, name gets tossed around a lot with a lot of clubs. Uh, do you guys think that he's uh, he's uh, uh, ready for that? Well, ready. I don't think it's it's even now or never for the ball. I think, but uh, you think he would be able to make the jump to that bigger team in quotations? You know, I I, so. I, I I think he was ready about a year ago. Now, my my okay. fear my fear would be like I I, I need him to get away uh, from a lower table club right now because I I don't want him to fall into a trap that a guy like Berardi has fallen into where he's just content to rot at Sassuolo forever. And it's even getting uh, to that point with Belotti at Torino. And, you know, I, I think, I think yeah. he's finally, he's finally going to get out of there, but it's like, I, I don't want to see really good players uh, who deserve to make jumps to bigger clubs while they're still in or entering their physical prime. I want to see him get the opportunity to do that with DePaul. I think he could be a big time player. I mean, obviously, uh, Adriano, it's not an exact science because we, we've seen players look really good at mid table, lower table clubs, exactly. and then the lights just get so bright, you know, when they get to a top four type. But uh, I mean, do, do, yeah. St- Stephen, I think you were saying you agree with that. What do you think? No, yeah, absolutely. Like kind of what you said there. I think he was ready a year ago, and I think right now he's linked very heavily with Inter, which is quite surprising because I could definitely see him going there, especially if they're going to win the league. I think he could be a big improvement for them. 
uh, moving forward in the Champions League. But then you also have you have Milan, you have Juventus, you have all these teams who are going to go back and forth with each other. Like you look at the Donnarumma deal. Like is he going to sign with Milan? Is he going to go with Juventus? Like that's going to be another breaker deal, right? It all kind of depends on how the end of the season plays out. And everybody's reading these messages about Lazio here. But yeah, no, I think DePaul is is definitely like we've seen his stats, we've seen his highlights, we've seen what he's been able to do with Udinese. But like you were saying about Berardi and Belotti, it's one of those players where they're like they enjoy being that standout player in their club. They like being talked about so much. Like you look at Simi for Crotone. That guy's been up and down the table with them so many times. Why can't he make a jump to even a mid-table setting aside and stay there consistently over the years, right? Some of these players, like you said, just grow attached to the one club. And whether it be due to XYZ, they're giving them wages, they're letting them do whatever they want. Like there's so many things behind the scenes that could be driving those factors, like give them the captain's armband. Like there's so many different little things that could be playing into that of why they stay at certain clubs. But I think the Paul. It's 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 one of those years where the summer he's going to move. And if I was Udinese's president, I'd I'd be demanding at least 50, 60 million, especially in, in COVID times. Because if people are going to want him, they're going to pay for him. Especially like a team like Inter, if they win the league, they want to do well in the Champions League. They're going to have to dish out that money to get him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I think everyone everyone at Inter, uh, Conte included, want more clarity on on whatever the financial situation is going to be because and, and obviously you know uh, if they can confirm the scudetto there is some prize money in that which is going to going to come in handy uh but i i just i, I really don't know because I don't, I don't know what they're looking at right now as far as outside investment i don't know if there's any any hope that the chinese government is a little bit more lenient on their restrictions because that that's a big thing that's uh, that's been holding sooning back so uh, obviously, if there is any room to spend, uh, DePaul would probably be the first target that I would go after, to be completely honest. All right, let, let's before we wrap it up, guys, let, let's go around the table. I'm over here chilling, but the rest of our panel have teams in Champions League fights, okay? Top four fights. So so let me start with, uh, with Gianni. Uh, what is your prediction, uh, the final prediction for top four in Serie A? Who, think you, who, who do you think are the four teams that make Champions League? Uh, I, I kind of like how it's looking right now. I don't know, but I'm going to be cautiously optimistic and say that Juventus is going to squeeze in at four because I think that's kind of where we're heading right now. I think they're going to be able to scrap by with those points. Uh, so I think what we're at right now is kind of what we're going to end with. So I think, uh, yeah. I, I tend to agree. What do you think, Jerry? I'll, I'll get you next. What's your prediction for top four? Or do you think Lazio crack it? Because Lazio, like Steven pointed out, they may be Five points back, but they do have a game in hand against Torino, so that could become two points if they can get that win in May. Give me a second here, and I'll tell you. Okay, so I I like Lazio finishing. I said from the beginning of the year that Lazio was going to finish fourth, and I'll stick by that and say that they're going to finish in fourth. And the schedule works out perfect for Lazio because they have Roma, and I know people are going to say it's the Derby, but Lazio – is going to go out strong against that game. like And in Roma, shit, yeah. I, I, that Lazio thinks <laughs> we'll that, though. I wish. Um, I, I love how Mario gets under your skin. I, I, I wish. But uh, you know what? When you got in – if you ties Milan, okay, when they play, you know how that that's the game where all of a sudden Lazio's in the back saying, wait a second. These two fucking schmucks just tied, and we have a fucking door open. Like, that's the game where I'm looking at, and it's like, okay, if there's a tie there, this is where Lazio comes in and says, let's go for the kill, like Street Fighter, where you fucking says, finish him, or uh, Mortal Kombat, and you fucking just go right in, you kill. And Lazio's, I don't care that they're in six right now. It's what the end result is. 
I don't I don't care they're looking on the outside. That's what the this is what Inzaghi's been planning for. Looking on the outside and just maintaining distance and not losing f- further back of, of the gap. You know what I mean? So you got three teams who are 66 points. You got Inter who has to play Juventus still. You think mm-hmm. Inter is going to pack it up and say, we won the Scudetto and we don't care about Juventus? If Inter can end any possible chance of Juventus not making the Champions League, they are going to go all in and go guns blazing, okay? Yeah. I tell you right now, there's no way Conte will let his old team want to have a spot in Champions League. He'll go out and help Milan, Lazio in the best way he can. Like they got, I think they have Sassuolo still. That's not easy either. An Udinese team that can really play good defense, and look at, and look at Milan's schedule. Milan's schedule is much more difficult. So, I I think I think Milan and on and Juventus are going to be scraping it to the end. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. Milan's schedule is just as hard. They have Atalanta. Tough one. Yeah. You got Juve as well, like I just said. Um, Benevento is not an easy game this weekend because they're tied in relegation. They're going to be fighting for their life. So the, it's it's uh they got Coyote as well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Like that's another uh yeah they've been playing a lot better. They've been like, playing way way, way better. Like they're these whereas Lazio, yeah, fine. You have Genoa, you have Parma, but again, these teams are. I think these are these are teams that Lazio should be beating in the last five weeks, and their destiny is in their hand now. They hold their cards, and, and that's how I'm going to stay. Fourth goes to Lazio, third goes to Napoli, second goes to Atalanta, and fucking first goes to Inter and Juventus and fucking Napoli. Sorry, Juventus and Milan will be golfing in Europa League. That's all I. <laughs> We're gonna see City on a fucking evol- revolution, guys. After the season, that's how I'm calling it. Hey, uh, well, what do you think, Steve? What's your final prediction for top four? Yeah, like I was looking at kind of the tables and the rest of the games left for these teams. So, like Jerry said, we got Atalanta. Inter's gonna win. Like, there's no doubt about that. I've said that since the get go. At the beginning of the year, I had Inter finishing first, Juve second. Um, like Johnny had mentioned, Atalanta third and Napoli fourth. Um, I really hope that Inter can kind of finish. Inter is going to finish first. I think Atalanta will finish second, um, and then it's a kind of a toss up between third and fourth. I think Atalanta and Inter are kind of those secureants at, at first and second. Third and fourth is where it gets a little tricky. My hope, um, Lazio finishes in one of those two spots, whether it be third, whether it be fourth, I don't care. And then I'd like to see Napoli finish in one of those other two spots. So the top four there, I got Inter, Atalanta, Napoli, Lazio, whatever the, the, the formation of third and fourth, that can be what else. Actually, what I think is going to happen, like we're looking at these schedules here, you have Atalanta who's got to play Milan. That's their only other top six team. Napoli's got no one. Napoli's kind of got that free run whereby if, if they can beat all these mid-table lower-tier sides, like they're in. And Gattuso, all this talk about him leaving, or Elio Di Laurentiis doesn't want him at the club anymore, like that's nonsense because he's in the race right now. He finishes third or fourth. There's no reason why he should be leaving that club because he's deserved it. Then you have Juve, who's got Milan Inter, and Milan, who's got Juve Atalanta. Those two teams are going to be fighting to the end because especially in the form that they're in right now, this is going to be the toughest spell for them. Obviously... We'll see what happens because look at the refereeing Lazio got with Orsato in the week before against Napoli. It was oh, absolutely so dreadful. Bad. So we'll see what happens between between Juventus. But you have to also take into consideration that Juventus also has the Copa Italia final against Atalanta one match day before yeah. the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So that's another big thing too where I think if Juventus is like kind of out of the loop and Atalanta's in second, they're going to go – like they both want to win a trophy at the end of the day. So they're going to go kill themselves a day before the final match to win that trophy. 
And then we have the final match day, which is going to be contingent. Like, I think there's so many, like, things between, like, now and the final, like, five games where it's going to be, like, every single week we're going to be analyzing the results. Oh, well, we have to get three points to go here, one point to go here. Like, it's all so tight. So yeah, tight. you know, I, I uh, before I get uh, Adriano's take, I, I I actually, I know it's boring to go chalk, but I, I tend to agree, to agree with Gianni. I think it's going to, I think it's going to end up uh, the top four finishing the way it is at the moment uh, with Inter first. I'll knock on wood. When I say that, <laughs> got too excited there, Alex. Got Don't worry. Excited. You pulled a fucking uh, Ronaldo, man. The They're now losing. Pulled a Ronaldo. You tripped on your feet, man. Flat on your face like that piece of shit. It's gonna be Inter dropping the trophy once they win it, eh? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, you're, you're muted. You're muted. muted. You're muted. Uh, they're losing. They're losing. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Back. You are Ronaldo. Eh? You choked there big time like Ronaldo. You, that's like I'll one of his three soon, kicks. Alex. Jesus That's like one of his free kick specialist there, buddy. You hit the wall big time, eh? I'm gonna have to make so many like animal sacrifices to cancel out the jinx that I that I just put out there. So uh <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh Atalanta too. Uh they, they the remaining fixtures are manageable and they're they're playing so well right now. I'm gonna go Napoli three. They're also playing out of their minds and they've got a relatively easy go. And then like four is really tough. Um, I, I would actually like to see Lazio get in, but I think it's going to end up being Juventus just at the end. And, and you know, because I, I think Milan have tough fixtures to go. And with Juventus, it's just like there, there's too much quality there. Like, it's still hard for me to believe that that team is going to miss top four. It's going to be very close, though. What do you think, Adriano? Yeah, I mean, guys, uh, I, don't, I think I'm a little bit superstitious. I don't really want to put it out there, but we already put it out there on my podcast uh you know way, way way back when um i'm sticking to what my guns i if i'm right i'm right if i'm wrong, I'm wrong it doesn't bother me i had uh i had inter uh, juve atalanta and milan as the top four teams uh i don't care what order that finishes in uh for me that's what i see uh i think i think even before uh you know this end of the season i had either milan or napoli you know flip-flopping from four or five i thought those would be the two teams that would really either make the jump into champions or you know kind of fall out um you know i, I think that's that, that's where i stand i, I again no, no disrespect to lazio i don't see them making it into top four if they do credit to them uh because they, they will deserve it if they do make it uh, but again, I just think there's so many teams in from, like you guys are saying from, I don't even want to say maybe two anymore. I don't know. Maybe two, yeah, two to five, two to six, whatever. There's just so many teams that it's a, it's a real fight to the finish. So, um, again, I, I'm sticking with my guns. I, I, I'm going to stick with Milan. Uh, nobody on this round table put Milan, I'm putting Milan, uh, in top four. Uh, maybe it's my heart speaking more than my brain, but, uh, at the end of the day, I think, uh, I think that's, what's going to happen. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, if we're, if we're schedule watching, if we're looking at the schedule, uh, you know, it, it, every team needs to focus on themselves. Every team needs to focus on what they need to do to, to get where they want to go. So, uh, you know, and there's more games in Serie A. I always say it. Uh, and, you know, I think we all come to, to agree to that. These small teams, like Jerry mentioned, they're going to be fighting as well. So I can, you can't take those teams lightly either. But at the end of the day, I, I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm going to put it, like I said, uh, you know, Inter Juve, Atalanta, and uh, Milan in the uh, top four uh you guys figure out the order well said uh so hey uh we'll, we'll give everybody a chance to uh to plug any any of your social media accounts your work i'll start with you adriano and and you know and I, i've seen uh i've seen johnny in the chat as well I'm, I'm a big fan of you guys on the couch show guys where can people find you appreciate it well first off i appreciate the love uh we appreciate everything 
anything, uh, any support that we get, it's, it doesn't go unnoticed. We really do appreciate it. Uh, again, it's it's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to come on the podcast again uh, with you guys. It, it's always fun talking culture with you guys. And uh, yeah, we can find us. It's at the culture guys where I have on my handle here. Um, yeah, at the culture guys on all uh, social media platforms. Uh, you can catch our podcast on all your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. Uh, and yeah, give it a share, give it a like, uh, you know, we got to get this cultural community growing, especially here in North America. We're really trying to put out that word and uh, trying to really show our passion and bring our passion forward because we all have the same idea. Uh, if we can all come together, I think, you know, uh, the cultural world will be a better place, right? So, yeah, uh, at the culture guys on all, on all your favorite uh, podcasting platforms and uh, social media. We find myself. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Adriano underscore cultural on Twitter, uh, adenardo96 on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, I do it with two of my fr- uh, great friends, uh, Johnny Dalakali and Nicholas Dijuani. Uh So we got a big, a big bounce on, on our show with uh, different, uh, different uh, fans of different teams, and uh, I think we do a, a, an okay job trying to get uh, the wider uh, variety of, uh, of opinions and uh, and topics, uh, just like you guys do over here. So again, it's been a pleasure and an honor, and uh, yeah, follow us uh, all over. Well said, and of course, Stephen does incredible work covering Lazio. Where can people find your work? Thank you guys, yeah, like for coming on. Adriano, it's kind of hard to follow up with that great heartfelt ending to there, so <laughs> try to make it quick. But oh, yeah, thanks again, guys, for having me on. And uh, you can find most of my work um, with the Laziali at the underscore Laziali um, on Twitter um, and just the Laziali on Instagram and Facebook. But my personal is at S underscore K underscore more. Uh, mostly just all Lazio contents. And uh, yeah, thank you guys again. And of course, a huge thanks as well to Gianni for joining us for the first time. Uh, anything you want to promote, man? Where can people find you? Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was fun. This is pretty much my first like real official podcast I've awesome. done. So it was definitely a fun experience. And thanks to everyone in the comments showing me a little bit of love. You know, keep me going. A little nervous to come on here, but I think it ended up doing well. So yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter just at black but with a V, so B L V C K, and then Gianni. And then also on Instagram, it's called Black, but B-L-V-C-K again, Juve. And I just make some like Juve edits, which are kind of dark and super green. Yeah, find me there if you're looking for some Juve edits. But I don't think too many of you guys will be looking for that. But yeah. Anyways, if you make some about uh, Juventus we'll not ball. making we'll Champions ball. League, I'll be sure to share those. <laughs> I made Jerry, I made Jerry a Correa last night. So Jeez, I know you like that one. Yeah, well, no. Maybe Ronaldo one, but it has to be bantering him. I can get you <laughs> back in the ground. You give me one of those, I'll submit middle, it tomorrow. The, I will shit on him up. so fast. Yeah, middle I'll, finger yeah. up. Though. I hate him, man. I hate Ronaldo. I know he's such a good player, but I fucking Should hate I get him. a middle finger from you, though, to him before it ends? Yeah, yeah. That, that That's coming. Don't worry, man. That's 100%. I fucking hate him. I got, I got a whole Ronaldo fan base that hates my guts. Oh, they, they despise so you. It. They, they, they know, hate me. Know, I think I'm their number one enemy, though. People were sending me memes they're making of me this weekend. I had a somewhat big tweet. I pissed off a lot of Ronaldo fans. Oh, that, that was one of the tweets I was comment tweeting on. I, I, I took some of that yeah. heat as well by, by retweeting your tweet, but I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. I know. They're just well-timed. You have to put it during the game, and I think they're a little mad and deflecting a little bit because, you know, they're always used to this 
elite Ronaldo and you can tell he's struggling. So I know they can see it too. So I think I know I'm a realist. I don't like to sugarcoat. I don't defend anybody if they play like shit. So I think it kind of hit them in the heart and that's why it exploded a little bit. Well, the, the um, bottom line is the people who get mad at those tweets are people who cheer for a player and not for clubs. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I can't take them seriously. Like it's people about, who just about worship the back players. The front, and... Not the name in the back. Exactly. Yeah, right. Well said. Uh, and Jerry, of course, you're writing pieces all over the internet, man. Let people know what you've got going on. Oh, I don't know. I got like many going on with the Laziale. I think that's the most in uh, Serpents of Inter. That's it. Like those are the two sites I've been basically writing for. Laziale and Serpents of Inter, J Mancini 8. And you know what? I Just to piggyback on that, I, the only person I won't shit on even when he's playing bad, and I'll acknowledge that he's playing bad though. When he has a bad game, is Immobile? I re I refuse to <laughs> yeah. shit on him because we know he, he no. It's just that it, it, one. He's my boy. That's one. Well, not literally my boy, but yeah. I love him. One no, no, and no, no, two. Boy, boy. I love. I love. I love his work ethic. Like as much as like maybe he doesn't have the skill set to the level of Messi or Ronaldo, like nowhere near is his determination. The way he works hard every game, he's a team player is what wins me over compared to Ronaldo, where he's just a scumbag and doesn't give a fuck about anybody on his team. Gucci, fuck you. Anyways, um, Lucci. Fucking, you probably wish you, you, you probably wish that Higuain was still on your team. Don't worry. Fucking. I, guys I play with Inter -Miami he's actually right scoring now. goals in Miami now. God Thank bless him. Yeah. brother. That he grind yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah, Ronaldo. <laughs> I, and, I, and I hate this fucking, oh, Ronaldo scores goals for fucking Juventus. That's great, man. That's fucking great. Did he win a Champions League? That's the fucking goal. That's what he was brought for, though. I hate when he said, when people say, oh, he won Scudetto. And, and, and he won a fucking, maybe a Coppa Italia Dude, soon. Jerry, the, fun, the funniest one is whenever I shit. stupid, man. Whenever I, whenever I shit talk Ronaldo, his 13-year-old fanboys will tell me, one of the arguments they use is, oh, he, he was Serie A player of the year last year. I'm like, dude, the fucking league gave him that, that because they wanted retweets. Like the freaking league just said, oh, I don't care what Ronaldo did, Serie A MVP this year so we can get a million likes and retweets. It's horseshit, that award. Mm -hmm. I fucking I, – I just think that yeah, it's great that he scored all those goals the last two seasons and – in Champions League, but at the end of the day, you can score 100 goals, but if it doesn't equate to success, mm -hmm. and, it, and it doesn't lead to success, and it doesn't give you that that semifinal, say, at least, where they need to make money, it, it means nothing. To me, Ronaldo means fuck all. That's all I'll say. It means fuck all, because he didn't deliver what... He, yeah, okay, I, I hate when people say, yeah, he delivered the goals. That's great. But you got to be fucking winning games with this team. That, that's that's the bottom line. Like, that's why I love Marino, Mourinho. I love Conte because they've been winning trophies to success. And I know that – and I hate when people bring up Madrid. Did you not see the comparison of the teams between what he had with Madrid and the, oh, and the midfield he had compared to what yeah. Juventus here? Like, I understand that Juventus team is, is not as nearly as good as Madrid's. But he was surrounded with talent that just made him better. And now he's surrounded with less talent. And what's he done, really? Like, I don't know. That's just me, man. A lot of people may not agree with me, but uh, I just yeah, think. Like I kind of said earlier, it's like you're saying he's got a lesser midfield now. That's true. But like I said, he's first in the league for big chances missed. He's missed 26 big chances. What, how can you blame the midfield then? Because John spamming 15 crosses a game at his head and he's completely missing. So I don't really know what you can 
used for there, but no, that's a great and it, 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 even even twenty seven chances miss. Mm-hmm. He, he he struggles to adapt his game at the age of thirty six, where he's not the same player he once was ten years ago, where he can play like lightning. Like he needs to adapt that play with his players. Like there there are instances where he doesn't even make a play a, a pass. Like they bring they bring up how he has more touches than you. Uh, for some you know, shout out to our Johnny. Shout out to our Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Touches, my, uh, fuck him. I, Dude, I, I, I I'm ending this right here. Ronaldo, go fuck yourself. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, on that note, we're done here. Huge thanks to everyone. You guys can also uh, follow me on on the Twitter account. You can see on the screen, or if you're listening, Alex Dono on Twitter, D O N N O. Make sure you get me there and uh, and check out. Uh, I do I do daily shows. I mix in a little bit of a uh, of football talk, of soccer talk, but primarily uh, American sports, three to six p.m. weekdays on OnsideRadio.com. We'll talk to everybody next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao.